And now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan! Welcome back to SWTRN Star Wars Therapy right now. That's right. I'm your host, Alex. Next to me to my left is... It's me, Caleb, on the ones and twos. Whoa, Whoa and that's me, Steven, here to bring you all of the Star Wars things you know, including what's going on in Tatooine right now. Still sand. Honker. Cut to the view. Hey. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing for miles. I wish I had one of those soundboards that they have on, like, Zoo Crew morning shows. Uh, guys, guys, how have you been? I've been good. I've been pretty good. I've actually been great. You know, I was, I was very sick last night to the point where I like kind of felt I was having a fever dream, but I was also watching the finale of Breaking Bad for the first time. What's the difference? (laughs) I was going to, I think I said that to him when he was talking about it. I was like, yeah, that whole show is kind of a fever dream. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm up. I am at them. Uh, proverbially speaking, and I'm ready to go. I am at them. I'm ready to go. I'm all loosey goosey because this is probably going to be our loosiest goosiest episode. Absolutely, that's true. It's crossover chaos, everyone. Woo! So I think that all of us kind of had this idea to be like, okay, eventually on the podcast we're going to talk about like it's the year three thousand and seventy-two, and Disney has officially run out of ideas, so they're going to start crossing over finally into other franchises with their Star Wars property that they now own and have complete control over so what would those properties be i feel like it's such an obvious pick that we kind of held off on doing it for a while a little bit yeah we have some we had to come up with a creative way of doing it but i like what we've come up with steven what are we doing specifically after me and Alex get our pitches for crossovers done? So because I couldn't think of anything, because weirdly enough, I'm the one who brought up the idea, yet I couldn't think of a, a single franchise that I would legitimately want to pitch Star Wars being a part of. Oh, half um, of mine aren't legit pitches. I know. I just I was like, oh, man, like, I think this would be really cool. But then I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I found an app that lets you do like a Wheel of Fortune type wheel thing. But we instead uh, I gave the phone to my two good friends over here and just let them put whatever they wanted and then i did the same i'm excited but we do have a couple that we would like to pitch me and alex so alex would you like to go first or would you like me to uh, sure. Mine's uh, mine's really simple, and admittedly, it's a. Uh, very... I think all of these are gonna be pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Very fresh in my mind and not very fl- fleshed out, but it's it's just a it's just a few ideas. So I've been playing the uh, the new Metroid Dread game. Ooh. And I I just one night I was thinking you can make a decent Metroid game where Samus is like thrown on Geonosis. Ooh. Yeah. You got like all abandoned bug- droid factories. You got weird like bugs bug flying around yeah. and crazy yeah. monsters and stuff. And I mean that's really the whole idea of it it's just yeah you get a boss fight in the coliseum yeah and like yeah. one of the final bosses could be like that weird queen that they have from the clone wars that's like 20 times the size of the rest of them oh, or whatever yeah <laughs> because this is somehow a, a sentient race race of people that has politics and yet we have our queen who <laughs> our hive minds yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean that that's really just it yeah you know actually i could kind of see like a, a 2d platforming game in the style of metroid doing a lot better mm-hmm. in star wars because i mean we have have like you know super empire strikes back and all that which is just ungodly hard have you ever played that 
No, but is, I, I've heard all, it's I've heard it's ridiculously literally tough. you, have you just are spamming your blaster button the whole time and you can do it in any direction. And so you're mm-hmm. just like because <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff just flying at you the whole time. And I'm thinking if this was a little bit slower and perhaps had some level design and actual things from Star Wars in it, it would be good because yeah. you fight like a weird bug creature. And I'm like, that's not Star Wars. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was that it was, is Metroid. Though. Yeah, it's very Metroid. <laughs> it's plagued with a couple problems of old games. One, just they're trying to make it hard so that people don't realize how short the actual game is. Right. Um, and two, five hours into 20. Yep. <laughs> two, like they probably saw Star Wars exactly once and then just had to kind of scribble down <laughs> on a napkin afterward what's in there and then come up with things that they could actually Main do. character, Luke, planet, desert, plot, desert. Uh, <laughs> he fights Real- the Sarlacc in episode one. <laughs> Real talk. I had a I had a Game Boy Advance game of Empire Strikes Back. And I don't think it's a port or anything. No, I but, doubt uh, it. It was very much that where it followed the basic outline like, you're on Hoth for half the game. <laughs> Have fun! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're just fighting Wampas. <laughs> you know, I, I oh, do... is that the game where the Wampas like invade the base? That might be super. That might be super. I think that's super Empire, Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Yeah. yeah. In thinking about Metroid, I would kind of like it for Samus. Like, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To like enter in like a Star Wars, like that's more like Metroid crossing over with Star Wars, so much as Star Wars crossing over with Metroid. Yeah. And I like that perspective a lot better because like Metroid inherently is about exploration. Mm-hmm. It's about backtracking it's about doing all this stuff and i think that that would actually lend itself really well to being like drop her and like you know you said geonosis but you could even do it like here's a sith temple Mm -hmm. figure it out like or something i think that'd be really cool how do we feel about a star wars bounty hunter like Bosk or someone coming in halfway through the game and being like a mini rival bounty hunter. Oh my god, dude, you could do like Metroid Hunters but with like all of the all of the bounty hunters. That would be awesome. Dengar boss fight? Hell yeah. Wait, so you say rival. Is she like just trying to accomplish the same thing as him and he's always a step ahead of her or is like he's a fight? Yeah, no, I imagine they're on the same job. Mm-hmm. But maybe like they don't know about each other yet, and then he keeps trying to sabotage her because he wants like you know he wants the credits at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. A, that'd be a fun way to throw in a little bit of Star Wars spice since they're both bounty hunters. Yeah, the most obvious choice is the one I'm bringing to the table. As we know, the Fast and Furious franchise has. <laughs> 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 has gone many places, and as of the last installment, one of those places is space. Well. And the best thing is, is that it's about family. Exactly. I was about to say the exact yeah. same thing. It's, it's about, all about family. family. It's all about families. It's Sawed about off shotguns. And how else How else can the movies be back? Like, without such a great crossover. So here's the deal. The best characters in the fa- in Fast and Furious. In the Fantastic Furious. Yeah, are, of course, <laughs> our trio of characters, uh, including Lil Bow Wow and Lucas Black in the third person I can't remember, from... Tokyo Drift. And they are the ones who design the car that goes into space. So what happens when Han Solo and Chewie (laughs) crash on Earth? They have to get those three to help them fix the Millennium Falcon. Han would murder all of them. (laughs) But that is only the first act because people are chasing Han. And who might those people be? Random little, uh, random little bounty hunters, you know, like criminals. But Charlize these criminals, Theron. these these criminals, do team up with Charlize Theron and whoever else the other bad guys in the movie were are. I don't really remember them. Uh, but anyway, they team up, and of course, last time 
in the movies, there was a long, prolonged conversation about Star Wars and who Charlize Theron is. So, of course, she's aware of Star Wars. So she is going to play these people into getting space weapons to defeat the family. This is what Dom finds out. And so as the Millennium Falcon with the Tokyo Drift crew goes up into space, not only does Charlize Theron and her crew follow with the bounty hunters, but also... Then Dom and the family have to come up with a way through the power of family to follow them. And this all ends up on Tatooine with pod racing. Uh, meanwhile, there is there is one X-Wing in which they go, we don't know who the pilot is. And then we see Paul Walker's face. Just just a JPEG of Paul Walker's face. Put, put into the cockpit of an X-Wing. And then Han Solo looks over at him one last time and goes, you're pretty good, kid. And he just goes, <laughs> nods his head, and then they ride off as it's been a long day. Halfway, so it's but, it's a, but it's sung in Wookiees. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is so it's, stupid. It's sung in Hatties. Therefore, instead of it's been a long day, it goes, <laughs> <laughs> the, this, Every song crying. is translated into that. <laughs> I'm, I'm crying, by the way, dude. I just couldn't stop laughing. Halfway through that pitch, I just imagined like the Millennium Falcon like skirting and turning around for a drift, and you just see like tire tracks behind it in space. <laughs> you see, you see the Millennium Falcon, but there's a Dodge Charger on the top of it that's been like it's been like hooked up to it and everything. And like the only way we can get this ship off of out of Tatooine is for it to have a V8 engine they attached lo- into it. <laughs> they lock it into the broken satellite place, and when they have to fire a weapon, they have to shoot Dom out. <laughs> it's okay, I can handle it. And then, and then he comes out of the Dodge family. Charger. At the very end, he comes out of the Dodge Charger with a shotgun and goes right into the Death Star's core and goes, this is for fam. <laughs> and that's how the franchise ends, with Dom dying in space. <laughs> but, but, there are two things I think we need. One is a way to replace Dom, because now he's dying. And that is, we start fresh with a pod racer, who also steals VHS players. So, we have a Dom version, like, and I imagine he's like the race that Greedo is, but he is voiced by uh, he is voiced by Vin Diesel. <laughs> and then at the end, all the heroes are back together. They've defeated Charlie Cerrone. Dom is dead. And then they're like, we're getting a, we're getting a message from, from the rebellion. And they pull up the screen and it's Kurt Russell as Mr. Nobody. And he's like, I got a new job for you. <laughs> end the podcast (laughs) this is this is perfect i want you all to know i came in here only with the thought fast and furious and star wars and i made everything else up on the spot (laughs) my man my freaking man this is a horrible uh a horrible follow-up to that amazingness but can i tell you the one that i had that was just a shower thought yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i was like all right what do i like I like Star Wars and Guitar Hero. Yes. <laughs> and I came up with, I think I called it the John Williams Simulator 3000. And it's, <laughs> it's only for the original Wii, <laughs> where you use a Wii remote to do a nunchuck uh, conducting pose. Where, where, you have to, where you have to play everything from the Star Wars soundtrack, but for some reason it still ends with Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so you're playing. Maul went down to Dathomir. He was looking for some legs to find. <laughs> Luke went down to Tatooine. He was looking for a Honda save. <laughs> Did they have a plan? Doesn't matter, man, because I got him anyway. Max Rebo's playing the fiddle. Oh my god. Run, boy, run. Um, my other one, which, uh, sorry, Stephen, you won't be able to engage too much with this because you've only seen six minutes of an episode. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> solely because, and I guess slight spoilers for the season two, I'm not going to get into specifics, but I just think it'd be interesting if one day a portal opens up in Nelson Road and our coaches walk through and they're in Star Wars, uh, which of course Ted would be very excited about. He would. Yeah. And then uh, Roy goes, oh no. And But he says another word that I don't want to say on the podcast. And he he walks back through the portal and that's his whole part of the episode oh, and then no, we're in star trek over the course of it ted becomes a jedi uh beard becomes a gray jedi and uh our boy nathan becomes a sith <laughs> <laughs> from the little i know about nate i'm like you would wouldn't yeah, you? yeah. Would. <laughs> like i only got the last six minutes and i was like of course he goes by nate of course. <laughs> That's what gave it away. Of course. Nate yeah, I've never met out. a Nate I liked. Sorry, our one fan, Nate. <laughs> I, I love the yeah, idea of one, one, one of our fans named Nate with his Star Wars therapy shirt that he made out of, like, Sharpie. <laughs> he's a and super he's, fan. he's sitting there, like, listening to it, and he's got his Star Wars therapy pillow, and he goes, oh. Now he's oh, just Steven was my pillow. favorite. <laughs> oh, Steven. <laughs> he was the one who always talks out of turn. Mm. He's the one who brought brought up the Aboleth. <laughs> That's my favorite Star Wars character. I love Legends. <laughs> His mom walks in. Honey, what's wrong? I just need to be alone. <laughs> you're always alone, Nate. I know. <laughs> so anyway, if your if your name is Nathan Shelley and you listen to this podcast, could you give me some tickets to an AFC Richmond game? That's a reference that went right over one third it's of a, ours head. That's last over. <laughs> All right, the good part of the episode is done. The chaos part has begun. First off, I just want to say both of those were amazing, and I love your improv skills, both of you, because of the fact that you went on John Williams Simulator 3000, <laughs> and meanwhile... I thought you, of this at like 3.45 in the morning, in the morning too. In the like my you know, brain cells were barely working, and then I was like, John Williams Simulator. <laughs> so, everyone, so we have our mystical, magical spinning wheel of magicalness that I will then... Uh, form into a thought uh we will start improving whatever but I, I guess since you guys went ahead and did this i'll go ahead and just improv the first one that comes up so let's right. go ahead and spin the wheel All i turned off the you. sound you effects here we go Yo, DJ, spin that wheel. oh yep yep there we go all right everyone star wars crossing over with Hitch. Yes! I'm so glad we got this one. Yeah, I'm so, I'm we will so get, happy. We will not get to all of these today, but this is this is like top two for the ones I want us to talk about. All right, so here's here's our scenario. So uh, we'll go ahead and get into it. Obi-Wan, he's left the Jedi Order, but he still has some of his some of his beliefs. This is like, you know, around episode two, and he goes to Anakin, and he goes, Anakin, you're a bit of a whiny little I'm going to go to this mystical, magical planet called Earth, and I'm going to go get a girlfriend. And then Will Smith is Why like, "Is Obi Wan from Liverpool now?" Anakin, 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 <laughs> Anakin, 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 Anakin,
<laughs> I just had the strangest dream. <laughs> He's still getting over the whole Satine thing. So mm. let's let's go ahead and say that it's probably post episode two before episode three when Obi-Wan was at his most daddy. So we're going to go ahead and give the sex god at Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan the hookup because for some reason he can't get women because he's Ewan freaking McGregor. But anyway... So he's talking. Well, he hasn't been trying for so long. Right. He hasn't been trying. He's a little bit late in the game. So he goes to Earth, and then the first person he meets is Will Smith, and he goes, like, hey, man, like, let's go ahead and get you a girl. And then where do we go from there, boys? Well, so I think the, the main driving thrust of this movie would be the fish out of water humor. Okay. Of the movie. First off, we need a scene establishing his love interest. So Satine's murder. You want Satine's murder to happen in the first scene of this movie, and then it turns into a rom-com. Is he going after Satine? No, Satine's dead. Okay, yes. yes. <laughs> so, no, no, but his love interest, we need it to be, like, in line with a rom-com. So what's, like, a profession that we can glamorize, even though it's probably super boring? Photographer. Writer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, no, like a, a photojournalist. <laughs> so, like, a photojournalist for, mm, let's say, like, Time Magazine. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we set her up and they have kind of an awkward interaction. Played by Charlize Theron. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there not? we go. Um, and then Will Smith comes up and is like, I can help you. And then the next like 10, 15 minutes, it's just him trying to help Obi-Wan out, figure out the things of Earth and the norms. Like maybe there's this whole thing where he sits down and goes, your robes? are whack but he and goes like that the, the tradition of my religion that's what it is and then he goes into the store and like he keeps trying to guide him towards the suits like hey check this out but he keeps like going towards the dresses and is like <laughs> like wrapping them around himself and he's like no this is exactly the kind of getup that i want to attract the women and he walks out he walks out like in a in like a nice blouse skirt in like bathroom yes yeah. there we go and yeah. then we just get a bunch of wacky montages like that i like to imagine early on in the movie when he first gets to earth he's just walking walking down the street trying to figure stuff out and people are just looking at him because they think he's one of those people that thinks he's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. It's another Christ. Oh, great. It's another one of these guys. Hope he doesn't have any books on him. Do we want to Do we want put in like a religious trauma thing? Like maybe that's Charlize Theron's like he's a really nice guy. He's a little weird, but it's just... I really struggled in youth group and church, and so I'm not sure I can date someone who looks like white Jesus. Yeah, and I don't really like, too, that he keeps referring to what I know as God as the Force. You know, <laughs> I don't really like that it's this objective proper noun. You know, I don't call him the God. So how does Will Smith react to uh, the Force? Hmm, Will Smith just... What? <laughs> So with the Patsies, we're some kind of force squad. That's what he says. Anyway. <laughs> what are we, some kind of fallen Jedi order or something? Oh. So uh, this might be a stretch, but on their final date, like when they actually finally kiss and stuff, yeah. do we have like a 2000s era song that should be playing during this? Oh, Like anything God. by J-Lo or someone? Oh, no. I'm thinking we just go straight Kiss from Rose by Seal. Oh, okay. We just go straight there. Like like it's totally outdated, but Obi-Wan just has this, the first music he hears is seal and he's like i really like this man but it's in hutties yeah <laughs> just because of the sheer awfulness that it would be as a part of a soundtrack i'm going to suggest suggest a hutties version of captain crash and the beauty queen from mars oh that'd be beautiful <laughs> that is definitely the kind of song that would play on like over their dun, first da, date dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh my God. it turns out that i am the beauty queen from mars <laughs> All right, have we milked this one? Do I think we've milked this one. I love the idea of a rom-com with Obi-Wan, and I just love the idea, too, of it being like, this summer, coming to you, he's a little bit old-fashioned, but kind of futuristic. Oh, and at the end... Uh, Charlie Theron dumps him, and then he gets really into heroin, and it turns into train spotting. All right. 
you know what? Let's go. <laughs> it's kind of like how if you <laughs> it's kind of like how if you stop watching Breaking Bad at a certain point and then go right into Malcolm in the Middle, you're like, okay, that like, makes sense. I see he's a bit younger. It's kind of <laughs> weird that they don't mention the cancer or anything, but like, cool. Like, <laughs> he has a completely different family now, huh? <laughs> All right, well, we milked it. Do we? Do I want to pass this baby around? Yeah, Alex, which which we doing? Almost dropped the phone. That's very good duds. No! Dang it. Do you not know this one? No, I do. It's just the one it was going to land on. I was okay. really excited for All right. But what but did you land? I land. I mean, this is also great. Atlanta! Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. The FX series Atlanta starring Donald Glover. Heck, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm guessing spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler warning. <laughs> so I have Are not watched all of Atlanta, but I understand the premise enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, stop. Get on Hulu. Watch Atlanta and then come back. Atlanta's a really good show. Watch the entirety of a three-season show, then come back to this 45-minute-long podcast so you're going to get some context. <laughs> trying to think of something. So My mind went to something Im- like immediately. <laughs> That's a very specific moment in the show that stood out to me. You know the the scene with the, uh, the rapper when he gets up and leaves and leaves his guys to a... Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're in a they're in a recording studio with a fellow rapper, and um, this guy is like his persona is like very like clean and stuff. But then his producer keeps messing up, and he's like, "I'm gonna leave the studio." And then you get it's like, "Oh, his like entourage is gonna beat this producer up for him." And it's the first yeah. time you kind of realize that this is not a good guy. Okay, it's, cool. it's a really dark scene. And Stephen, what I'm about to suggest right now, I'm so sorry. Go for but it. It has to be done. The exact same scene, Star Wars-ified, but it's Max Rebo. He <laughs> <laughs> leaves Re- Sugamorian guards. To <laughs> <laughs> his little his little trunk curls up as the guards walk up to him. Uh, hey, Max. <laughs> that scene, t- that was like the one scene that See, terrified me in that show. And I don't even, oh, I'm not even like a hundred percent sure why it's just it made me be like i like to do production work (laughs) this really scares me this is hitting me on a personal level so i think they might be hitting me on a personal level (laughs) so i think what i would do given i know very i know limited amounts of atlanta i would just take the premise of atlanta and i would have some of the same actors in the star wars universe yes absolutely what this means is that i would take donald glover as young lando and he's visiting the he's visiting Jabba's palace, and Max Rebo wants to put out a tape, and it just keeps seeing Rebo man, I'm Rebo man, I'm Max Rebo baby, <laughs> and he just keeps saying it to him, and he's like, I like your style. I think what we could do is we could probably get you out of here and do do something. But Jabba Jabba doesn't want him to keep pursuing this, so you have Max Rebo trying to get his like rap career off the ground, but Snoodles and Jabba are like, I don't like him because he's against the band, he's against the cause. I I think that could work. My one question that's pervading this, obviously, someone needs a lightsaber in this. Which Atlanta character or Atlanta character equivalent are we giving a lightsaber? (laughs) Yeah. Zazie Beats gets a lightsaber. (laughs) That would be cool. But Lakeith Stanfield. He's okay. like, okay, wait, no, Lakeith Stanfield as Darth Maul. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, there we all go. I want, all I want from this is the shooting range scene, which is my favorite scene from Atlanta. <laughs> Lightsabers. Well, just, he walks into, what's like, what's like a dog equivalent in Star Wars? The Rancor. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, like Rancor. Yeah, like he walks go. in. He walks into the shooting range, gets his blaster, and he puts up his little his little target that's in the shape of a Rancor. <laughs> and it's like comically large. Man, you can't shoot that. And then the Rancor pit guy comes up and is like, you can't shoot that? He's like, man, you don't get it. You haven't seen the Rancors in my neighborhood. <laughs> they like bite children. There are Bad Batch Rancors, <laughs> and then there are movie Rancors. <laughs> Cuts to his neighborhood. He's living on Felucia, and there's just rancors all around him. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it, can't go outside today. I love this idea. I I do, too. I love lo-fi Star Wars as a a premise. This is fantastic. All right. We've milked this one. Caleb, Caleb, time for you to press the wheel. Spin. I thought you were doing Halo for a second. Who do you think people would call if they were ghosts in Star Wars? Ben Shapiro? That's right. The poltergeist breakers. All right, start out in New York City. We're in the fire pla- We're in the fire station, and they're all sitting around like, "Well, there haven't been many ghosts lately." And then someone else goes, and Bill Murray sits there and goes, "Like, will you shut up, Dan Aykroyd? I'm just here for the paycheck. Shut up." <laughs> He's like, "But my crystal head vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shell this thing out as much as I can." And so it, the camera just pans around, and like all of the set has been replaced with crystal head vodka, uh, <laughs> cardboard cutouts. <laughs> All right, so here we go. So we're in New York, and uh, they're in the fireplace. They're in the, oh, the fire station, and then all of a sudden, they see in the sky a star destroyers have come onto the planet and just <laughs> out of hyperspace, and they're there. And then they're like, "What? This must be an apparition. Let's go ahead and get out there." They grab their proton packs. They go out to the streets, and then what happens? Obviously, the Empire is trying to reach out and take over Earth. Right. It's- this is clearly their plan. Unfortunately, the Ghostbusters don't know this. What do the Ghostbusters do? They best ghosts. So when the ghost of Obi Wan Kenobi or any other Jedi, Qui Gon Jinn, Yoda, they better screw it up. <laughs> yeah, when he comes and they're like, "You're the only people on Earth who are Force sensitive." Zap into the proton pack. <laughs> And so the ghost of Obi Wan comes up to them and says, and says, "We need your help. Here's what needs to happen." And it goes, "Oh, there's one. Don't cross the beam." (laughs) (laughs) Then Yoda comes out, and they're like, "Slimer, you look different." (laughs) Well, but eventually, of course, without any Jedi's around and without any Force-sensitive people aware of this, that means that the Empire is going to win. And they're like, "Oh man, we really messed up. We need to fight this." So they have to release all of the Jedi ghosts, but that also means. All of the ghosts come out. And so it's a bunch of Jedi ghosts teaming up with Ghostbusters ghosts to beat a bunch of like pin pushing Imperial admirals and stuff. I... Love the idea of Alec Guinness Obi-Wan riding Gozer. That would be great. Into, <laughs> into a Star Destroyer. Like, Wait, who's hey, Gozer? Like, the, the dog. Oh. Yeah, it's the dog that like freaks everyone out and is like... Wouldn't it be even cooler to see... Stay Puff Marshmallow Man reaches into his stomach, pulls out a lightsaber. What is that on his shoulder? Is it Samuel L. Jackson piloting the mar- the Marshmallow Man at like a mech? Yes, it is. Now, Better now. Yet, why are we not talking about the fact that there could be a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and Rancor fight? Oh, that'd be so great. I want that to happen. Is it a size adjusted lightsaber or is he just holding a tiny little wand thing? I like the image of it being at. a tiny little wand. <laughs> he's swatting at, uh, at uh, Star Destroyers. He's, he's, he's like just air. going across buildings in New York just very lightly like tapping the windows and they're like, oh, that's strange. The heat must be really high today. The heat index. <laughs> 
I mean, he has to like chop a building down or something. He has to just circle it like 500 times so he can cut <laughs> everything. So <laughs> I haven't. He's I, a giant like mass who could easily <laughs> crush it. He's like, no, they gave me the laser stick. I will use the laser stick. That's Knocking like, this building that, down is against code violation. I have to use the lightsaber. That's literally the equivalent of like if you tried to break like a computer with a Lego lightsaber. Like that's what it would look like. <laughs> he would do more damage just with his whole marshmallow stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Now the question is, as we know uh, in this universe, the uh, Statue of Liberty Liberty is also a mech. Is this one that the Sith get their hands on? Yes. The Sith absolutely because <laughs> because that's commentary on the government being evil. Oh, yeah, or so something. that's that's what this Ghostbusters Star Wars crossover needs. Yeah, commentary. It's, yeah, it's about it's, it's a, a political. Statement. It's about Reaganism. Okay, Winston Winston Zedmore turns to Egon and goes, "We do live in a society, don't we?" Oh <laughs> uh, yes, we do. <laughs> We live in a society where I'm terrified beyond capacity for rational thought. <laughs> you know, the beginning of Ghostbusters where he's like, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. It always Call it me, the force. It always made me think that it was going to turn into a musical as a kid. And so, <laughs> because it sounds like the music is beginning to swell and it kind of he's like speaking in this cadence. So do we want to make this a musical? Oh, my God. Sure. Ghostbusters, Star Wars, the musical. Yeah. Screw yeah. It. Why Let's not? do it. Why not? We're getting Andrew Lloyd Webber to do the thing. <laughs> just, so it can be, just so it can be a complete mess, right? He will absolutely sign on. For or that. you too, <laughs> because you two did do the music for the greatest Broadway musical. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Wait, you two did that? Yes. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Besides Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I've seen two shows on Please. Broadway. <laughs> one was Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. One was Hadestown. Hadestown is a very emotional property for me. Um, and it's meant a lot to me. I think they're equally good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spin that wheel, Steven. All right, baby. Here we go. Back to Papa. Here we go. All right. And it is dun, dun, on dun, Ghostbusters dun, again, dun, dun, so we're going to not... Dun. It's on the mummy! Yes! Yes, the mummy! You have the floor, Caleb. <laughs> so, oh, I have my oh, oh, I have my thing, but we'll let Stephen no, go. No, no, no. Go right ahead, buddy. I started off the last one. Go ahead. For those of you who don't know, my dear friend Caleb, my dear, wonderful friend Caleb, has the most Brendan Fraser the Mummy merchandise that I've ever seen, including the Mummy Returns for the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> including <laughs> like 17 copies of most of the Mummy movies, a poster of the Mummy, and what's that on your butt that you have... <laughs> that you've been talking out of into the mic this whole time oh is that a tattoo of a giant m in <laughs> no, the same would, font I, do you see this alex if yes, I did it's it, right oh there. my goodness right if, I did it, if i did it it would obviously be brennan fraser's beautiful face but, <laughs> wait do no. you know how many copies you do have of the mummy though uh on my shelf and it's not like a huge shelf <laughs> but it does take up it's a shelf with room on it it like, does take up it is a dedicated shelf yes. yeah <laughs> uh it takes up like three and a half uh shelves you know what i'm just gonna go count them right now i'll be right back 27 27 27 <laughs> iterations of, the, uh, of, the iterations of yeah. brendan fraser's the mummy so <laughs> tell me how this would cross over with star wars well we're missing a piece we have we have the mummy classic of our generation which i didn't see till college uh <laughs> what and we have star wars uh yeah he never watched it as a kid yeah <laughs> I saw the ending so of uh, Mummy Returns on TV. Um, and then we have Star Wars, classic of every generation. But we need another classic in here to tie the two together. That's right, Indiana Jones. Where is Indiana Jones set? 
The first the one. first one's in Egypt. Exactly. Yeah. Where's the mummy set? Well, I'd, let me take a stab in the dark. <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> yeah. So Rick O'Connell. <laughs> Rick O'Connell and Evelyn go to the Well of Souls. While they're there, they find their way to the Ark of the Covenant, which they're like, great, you know, uh, Ark of the Covenant. Then. <laughs> oh, great. This little piece of history. Yeah. Oh, man. Like treasure. Yay. <laughs> oh, I'm, wow. I'm going to sell this. That's the exact then, from the line from the movie, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The Ark of the Covenant. Look at that. <laughs> but then Rachel. The on R2? <laughs> Rachel Wise looks over and she carries her torch over to one of the walls and she sees an image of two droids. And this sets us out on our journey of them trying to resurrect C-3PO and R2-D2. But Emotab wants their power and their memories in order to unlock the force in order to resurrect Anaxuna Moon for the 18th freaking time. So, like, I feel like this is just such a no-brainer because, obviously... You don't want any other human Star Wars characters in this because you don't want to distract from Brendan Fraser and Rachel Wise, oh, who does course. come who does come back for this, by the way. She comes back. <laughs> None of that whoever played her in uh, Dragon Emperor. I want Rachel Wise back. They are a power couple like no one else. They are relationship goals. Anyway, perfect to pair them hey, off. Caleb, could you please step down from your soapbox while you're recording? I think it gives but weird it, levels to the mics. Thank but you. it makes me feel tall. <laughs> <laughs> But no, so I think they'd pair really nicely with C-3PO and R2-D2. You know, that's an interesting way to take it because I do want to see a reality in which Darth Vader and Emotab meet and like him being like, you have utter command over these people. That's really interesting. I wonder how you do these things. I don't know. I think that would be a cool mashup to have. I also think th there's a lot of parts in the mummy itself that do that does remind me of Jabba's palace. Just yeah. not necessarily because of the desert. It's mostly because of the characters. Like the one scumbag who uh, dies by the scarab. I yeah, imagine the, him in like the, the back of guard. Jabba's. Yeah, yeah. In the back of like Jabba's palace or something. So I'm like, okay, this could work. The whole the whole like society that protects the mummy or like the seeker of the mummy, they can all be Jedis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I'm into this. Okay. I'm into this. This yeah. is interesting. And here's the thing. This doesn't even have to be good. It just has to exist in multiple I doubt formats, it'll be good. Multiple <laughs> so. formats so I can expand my collection. <laughs> a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Really, <laughs> Here is my grievous impression. <laughs> I, I really want to take that scene and just Photoshop uh, copies of the mummy over lights over the lightsabers under his cape. <laughs> <laughs> I good. love that. My Christmas present to you will be that burned onto a disc. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, that that's just it's also really open ended because you really could go anywhere with that. You really could, but I like the idea of them trying to resurrect R two D two and C three PO, and then eventually them finding out about like the Jedi and stuff. And it can be a thing where like back in the ancient days of the world, because long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, not sure, not sure you knew that, but it could have been that Emotep like fought the Jedi Order and stuff, and like he beat them, and then they're like, we don't go near that planet. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's their reason for not going to Earth is because. Yeah. Emotep was scary. Well, that wouldn't make any huh. sense because Emotep kind of got killed right as he had power. But we can we can come up with something else. Yeah, it's fine. But this is scary. this is working within not within the existing the existing mummy canon. We can tie so. in the five Scorpion King movies and say they were fighting the Scorpion King instead. Yeah, there you go. So I'm gonna go ahead and spin this again because I did steal that. It's all right. No, no, <laughs> I I wanted you to steal that one because I was like I he has to do this. Bioshock. Oh, All yes. right. I'm glad one of you got this because I added it to the list, but I know very little about it outside of Infinite. All right. So here's what we do. So we transpose the city of Rapture 
and we put it on Naboo. So we put it in the underwater city of the Gungans. <laughs> but one one Gungan decides that they said no god, no man <laughs> or kings, Misa only choose, man. Misa choose another option. Misa choose rapture. <laughs> we said go. <laughs> so what you do is Jar Jar Binks uh, before he goes out and meets Qui-Gon Jinn instead of doing that he escapes his people because they don't like him and he says Misa going to build a city where there are no rules and oh no he is Andrew Ryan <laughs> Jar Jar Binks as Andrew Ryan. That is what I am pitching. But he rises to power. Then there's this other party that doesn't like him. We'll call it Atlas, but instead, uh, what would it be? Boss Nassless. Uh, Boss I mean, Nass. <laughs> Boss Nass is going to be the thing that hates him, and he's like, I will create another thing in order to, co to combat you. We're going to have this society made by Jar Jar Binks where anyone could do anything, and there's a bunch of mutated Gungans all jacked up on drugs. So do you have Qui-Gon Jinn and and uh, a young Obi-Wan crash land into the Gungan <laughs> rapture? Is that yes. what we do? Okay, cool. I'm down with this. So we do that. They just keep going and like they find a doctor who likes to mess up people's faces. We'll call him Max Rebo. Because <laughs> Max Rebo's get, been getting a lot of play in this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, we need every cringy Star Wars character in this. So, uh... Dexter Jetster is a boss fight, but he's been mutated to the point where he doesn't have four arms. He has eight arms. First off, I'm offended. Second off, that sounds cool. Yeah. And the arms go all the way down to his legs, so it's just like a wall of arms. What on about Watto? <laughs> oh, yeah. Watto is definitely like uh, the person on the intercom who's just like, Hey, you guys don't need to be here, but I will help you. <laughs> Find my family. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he's yeah. Wait, he, so he's Atlas then. Sure, yeah. Let's make it Watto. Watto's nasty. Yeah. How about Watto kills? Watto kills. Watto kills Jar, Jar, Jar and takes on kid. the persona. Yeah, that's great. And then they find uh, and they find like uh, <laughs> oh my god, they find the real Jar Jar like in like an office somewhere, and he goes, "You sa choose, you sa obey." <laughs> A Gungan chooses a slave obeys. Hey, I know about those. <laughs> he All hands right. him the lightsaber and everything. <laughs> you know, just like, one a slave obeys. I was, you know, I was talking to some friends earlier today. You know, the conversation did come up about the one thing that the Star Wars fandom is missing. Uh, big fans of Ayn Rand misunderstanding a piece of media <laughs> that's supposed to criticize it. So I'm down for this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love this. Okay, also for the reveal, can we still have the guy who voices Atlas still voice like, my name is Atlas and I need you to find my family. But then all of a no, sudden- No, I need it to be no, Watto. No, no. No, Would you kindly go kill the boss? No, no. That's completely the wrong voice. But here, you know what here. I'm getting at. You did Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I don't Would know Would you why. kindly go kill the- In my mind, they're similar and I don't know why. <laughs> so so here's my thing. You still, have, you still have that same voice of like, I need you to find my family. And then at a point, the veil does come down like it does in Bioshock and he goes hey you oh. thought I wanted you to find my family but in real life I wanted you to do it for me Obi <laughs> and then little Obi <laughs> little Obi and then our heroes make it back to the top and they look down in the water and they're like Eh, maybe the Trade Federation can have it. <laughs> yeah, maybe this isn't the planet to like stake our claim on. And then they go and find Anakin, and then he never meets Padme, and he's just a good Jedi. What's anyway. the fine city from Infinite? Columbia? Columbus? Columbia. Columbia? No, yeah. I think it's Columbus. Uh, whatever it is. 
It's, Columbus, uh, Ohio. It's the Trade Federation chip. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just love the idea of it being uh, on Naboo. <laughs> and then just off of, off in the distance is the Gungan City and like the huge <laughs> fish just like occasionally come by and like chop on stuff. <laughs> uh, do we have any ideas for the Big Daddy? Like would the Big Daddy be exactly oh. the same or would we want to change it to be just like a giant mech Dexter Jetster suit? <laughs> because that's my thought. That's a good thought. And uh... then every time Obi-Wan is like, going around him and trying to sneak as soon as he gets in the eyesight Obi-Wan! <laughs> well, actually actually better yet and him and his four <laughs> his four drill arms start attacking him okay <laughs> it looks like a freaking pokemon the four drill arms are really good but for the uh i forget what they're called but the guys with the big old mech hands in uh, bioshock Infinite. oh uh the handyman Hand- yeah, yeah, the handyman. Well, you know who those need to be. Who who in the Star Wars universe besides Darth Vader has like a real uh, attachment to like mechanics to keep them alive? C-3PO? Saw Gerrera. Oh, right. <laughs> they're, all Traitors! of them are just Saw Gerrera repeated. <laughs> yeah, they're a bunch of clones of Saw Gerrera with big old mech hands. With their broken CPAP machine attached to them. Liar! You deceive us! Oh my God. This is the dumbest. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the dumbest idea. All right, Alex, All right, Alex spin that turn, wheel. Uh, okay, wheel of oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's a good one. It's got to be a good one. What is it? It's it's Benny Boy. <laughs> no, I didn't want this one. Okay, so. What All is right. Benny Boy? It's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> ah! Steven added this, even though, unfortunately, Ben Shapiro exists in our universe. So, <laughs> it's, so it's not fictional, even though it definitely sounds like it. Just as I had to hurt you with uh, Max Rebo, my idea for this, I was actually thinking about this earlier when I saw his name on the list, involves a, uh, let's just say a disgruntled Dexter Jetster at the fall of the Republic. <laughs> The Empire's new uh, regulations on his business kind of <laughs> sets him out of a job and makes him really like anti-authoritarian, and he uh, he starts believing a lot of weird right-wing conspiracies. <laughs> and he, he already believed in. He just wasn't so vocal about before. <laughs> and so he he builds up his own uh, news show uh, called The Daily Coruscant. The Daily know. Dexter. <laughs> the Daily Dexter. <laughs> Dexter Jetster, who controls the weather. <laughs> no, that's the topic. Yeah. <laughs> is Ben Shapiro with Dexter Jetster on this podcast? No, no. Ben Shapiro is Dexter Jetster. Oh, my or God. Or more accurately, or, I mean, See, could be. I, I thought, was thinking I Dexter thought... Jetster is Ben Shapiro. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's but, yeah, what I meant. Yeah. But I thought Dexter Jetster. It could be a Young Turk situation where they're both doing it, though. Well, <laughs> you know See, what? I, yeah. thought, I thought Ben Shapiro, I thought, uh, I thought Dexter Jetster was always more of an Alex Jones type. You know what? Yeah, well, I mean, I yes, that's, that. that's what brought me there. Can I we think, just combine all of them? You know, so, like, I definitely yeah. think out of everyone in the Star Wars universe, I think Dexter Jetster would probably get sued for defamation. So, <laughs> you so, know what? Yeah, probably close enough. Here's my thing. It's Ben Shapiro's. Order 66 was a hoax <laughs> it's uh it's like ben shapiro oh, so you're a 66 denier huh <laughs> it's like ben shapiro's talking points and all that but in alex jones cadence and he has uh dexter U, where he just puts out a bunch of pre-roll ads on youtube and tricks people into thinking he's a universal i'm not gonna call you napoleon i'm not gonna call you napoleon just because you say you're napoleon <laughs> the leftists will make you think that what we did on kashik was a bad thing <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. So so my thought for the Ben Shapiro would be this. It's the it's the senator scene from Phantom Menace, but the entirety of Phantom Menace before that plays out exactly the same. We have, you know, them going to the Gungan City, all of that. All of that happens and then they go to the Coruscant and then everyone's pitching their ideas and then the movie from that point on turns to now we go to Chancellor Shapiro from from the what, from the from terror the, system from the, <laughs> from the Fox News system and then he goes no I don't agree with these trade negotiations this shouldn't happen and what happens is is that you're creating a free market in which a free market would allow for chaos so I vote that Chancellor Palpatine should have his power pa- and the thing is he goes on this whole rant it's just 45 additional minutes of just Ben Shapiro ranting about his ideology in the Star Wars Senate. But and what, then that's the movie. But what point does he go? <laughs> no, that's the whole movie. But what point does he go? Droids don't care about your feelings. But what point does he go to the Jedi Academy and he just starts debating Padawans? And then once a Jedi Knight comes up, he just grabs a microphone and goes, All right, everyone, we're done for tonight. Thank you oh for coming out. <laughs> He's Shapiro, so not Steven all these little All these little Padawans. Do you even know what the Force is? Did you even question it? Did you even do anything? Or are you doing what they told you to do? <laughs> and then Yoda comes up like, what are you doing, Mr. Shapiro? Because, uh, not, nothing. I, <laughs> I have to get back to the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, when you said that initially, I was like, what show is Benny Boy? I was like, I didn't, no, that's, I didn't that's see fair. this. <laughs> I knew Caleb would know what I meant. But. All right. All right. We passing it on. Let's go, yeah, Caleb All I'm going to say is Abigail Shapiro does sing at the uh, Bubble Opera. <laughs> I get her recommendations in, on TikTok so much for some reason. <laughs> I know way too much about right-wing pundits. Wait, I take that back. It's not her. It's somebody who always gets mistaken for her, and so yes! she acts like her. <laughs> oh, what did yes! he land on? Some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> We're doing Blade, baby! When Steven pitched this, he very specifically said, no Marvel, no DC, because it's too obvious. Right. But there was one character who is not in the MCU yet, so I felt comfortable putting him here. He is played by Wesley Snipes. Absolutely. And that oh, yeah. is Blade. Absolutely. Okay. The pitch, simple. Vampires in Star Wars and Blade's there with a lightsaber. Like, it writes <laughs> itself. So, okay, so so we, we do this. We transpose the character of Blade into a Jedi Knight. We make, what's his mentor? It's definitely a gray Jedi situation. Right, but hear me out first. Yeah. So, so what's his, is it Whisper? What is his name? Uh, Whistler, I think. Whistler. It's Whistler. Whistler, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Whistler is like an old exiled like Jedi Knight, and he's just Played like, by Chris Christopherson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still played by him, and he's just like, yeah, well, you know, when I found this kid, these vampires were... He's drunk. He's very drunk in the movie. <laughs> So we have him as like an old disheveled like Jedi Knight, and then you have uh, him training a young Daywalker Blade yeah. to become like what Samuel L. Jackson should have been as Mace Windu. So what is it like a space vampire cult or is it like Sith vampires? Are we going with that? Well, no, it has to be. So it's like super bureaucratic, bureaucratic and stuff. The vampires in Blade, okay, and like there's families and stuff. So it's more like they're a crime family. Okay. Not on Tatooine, but like on a so on a mafia plane. vampires. Yes. Gotcha. Shaba, but he has fangs. And maybe oh, <laughs> dude, a vampiric plague breaks out on Tatooine, and therefore all everyone in Jabba's palace just becomes like these bloodthirsty vampires. And we have the opening scene from Blade where it's the vampire nightclub, but instead of in the background, we hear. Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the banking planet from? 
Clone Wars. I think it's just oh. known as the banking planet. Yeah, the no, people from a, the banking planet would really work pretty well. With the, I'm a banker. Yeah. Those guys? Yeah, I think they'd work <laughs> very well. I can see that. Okay. Uh, and uh, we have to throw in a little bit of Blade 2. So Ron Perlman definitely is one of the one of the Absolutely. hunters who is a vampire. A- absolutely, yeah. yes. Space vampires and Wesley Snipes as a Jedi just going, some of the <laughs> always trying to ice get up here. What if you recreated that scene except he throws a lightsaber up into the air, unignited, ignites it after he does the kick. <laughs> and then he goes... <laughs> and it flies into someone's head just like it does in the movie. <laughs> and then it zooms in on Wesley Snipes' face and he goes, some nerf herders always trying to ride a rancor backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, I don't understand what it means, but it's a line. (laughs) It's very Uh, true to the original movie. Absolutely. You just remake Blade, but you make it Star Wars. That's all you do. And you still call it Blade, but instead you just call it like lightsaber blade blade listen, but it's star wars i know yeah. <laughs> you just go, no, no no his name is kyber there we now, go listen we're all big fans of john williams and obviously we don't want to see anyone replace him as composer however this is not a saga movie so he's not coming back but you know who can come back from Dead the blade franchise i was gonna say crystal method but either one yeah <laughs> I love the idea of the Star Wars theme, but it's just like, like just like straight up EDM. Like, let's make this happen. I love this idea. I want to see this movie. I want to eat this movie. (laughs) Last one. Last one. All right. Yeah, we'll do last one. No. All right. Sorry. Oh, wait. What I'm was not, it? Not, you have to I'm tell not me. doing League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. All right. Fair. That was, I'm not, I'm that not, was more for me and Alex. I know because I know wait, nothing do, about uh, this. Was that the one you were trying to hide from me? No. Yeah, we can do that one after he's done. Okay. Just at least throw it out as an idea. Just. All right. I mean, regardless, I want to know what this idea is, and it'd be fun if it was on podcast. I'll All be right. honest. I don't even remember what it was. So, <laughs> okay. So, real quick, I, I know which one it landed on, but I know which one I want. I mean, Honestly, can, can I pick? It. Can I go just pick from the list? All yeah. right. So someone put Soulsborn on here, and I'm just going to go yeah. ahead and pitch this. All right. That's what my brain let immediately see, went to when you so said you couldn't think of anything. I was like, he has to have some idea for like a like a Bloodborne Star Wars crossover. Okay, easy. Here's what you do. So you go on Dathomir. You're on yeah. Dathomir for the entirety of the movie. But here's what you do. So you have it be like old Dathomir. So it's like there are societies. There is mm. a structure. It's it's things haven't quite gone to. Here are the witches and the Night Brothers, and they're like overdoing this thing or whatever else. There's a society before it fell and became lost, and then you keep going through this uh, environment, and you understand the townsfolk. Maybe there's a plague that bring that breaks out or something like that. I definitely think you could do something to where it's like if you went down into like the catacombs of Dathomir. Hell, actually, do Mustafar. Like, Mustafar would be really cool because, like, you know, you could do Vader's castle or something like that and go in there and fight the Lovecraftian monsters that would be within. I don't know. His pets. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential, like, if you did it on, like, Dathomir or something really scary like that. Yeah. I think it would work, especially if you wanted to do just hardcore Bloodborne and you wanted to just, like, transpose a Jedi into that environment. Screw it. Do it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I want them to be in the Hunter's Dream. I want them to fight the Bloodstar Beast, which I still can't get past easily. Anyway, I'm sorry. So not it's all, all good. <laughs> not all of them saved. Like three two one penguins is on there. So the one that oh, I had no. for you wasn't on there either. But 
that does lead me to a call of action. Hey, fans of uh, Star Wars Therapy, send us send us at starwarstherapy at gmail.com uh, your ideas. Or if, you know, you want to reach out over Instagram, I'm here at Caleb from the real world. And you can just reach out and, you know, DM us your ideas and we might do a follow up depending on how many we get and just talk about them. And if you have any specifically catered to us, like one to Alex, one to Steven, uh, definitely, uh, definitely send them our way. So Veggie Tales and Star Wars.